football is back. And right now, Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets, including first, last or anytime goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company. We've got wall-to-wall Premier League football with games being played nearly every day. And with Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, numbers of goals and more. And if you can't watch all the games live, with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sports betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and the Apple App Store. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Hello, welcome back to 1874, the podcast that brings you the definitive word on Aston Villa Football Club at the moment after every single game. And Greg has just returned from, from Villa Park. I feel like I'm repeating myself here, but again, not very enjoyable, Greg. No, uh, another another disappointing visit to Villa Park. Re- getting bored of going there, coming away from it, feeling a bit deflated and depressed and um, just wonder how long this is going to go on now. It just feels that Villa... Uh, are just limping over the line. Well, they're not even getting over the line, are they? It feels like they're going down with a whimper. Dean Smith today after the game said that uh, fatigue was the winner in the game and that the reason that there weren't many chances at either end was because both teams have been asked to play a lot of games in a short space of time. Now, I get that to a, to an extent, but um, you know, why why does the, the why does the defence have to come out on top if, if two teams are fatigued? Why can't it be two teams, you know, going at each other? Why can't it be two teams creating lots of chances? And and um, in, in that respect, I just don't really buy that argument, to be honest. And I think that Dean Smith is struggling to um, find ways to get Villa firing. I feel like the the players aren't quite good enough, as we've as we've said in previous podcasts. And um, it's just starting to to look very bright. Very bleak for Villa. Today was always going to be a difficult game against Wolves. You know, we we knew that beforehand. They're not in they're not they're not in their position in the table for for no reason. They've had a very good season, and Liverpool are the only team to beat them um, since New Year's Day. So any result, any positive result, would have been a um, you know really good result for Villa. But it's another defeat, unfortunately, and just struggling to draw up um, an argument to to say that they'll survive now because it's it's just looking very bleak, isn't it? Obviously, you've said yourself, you can see what Smith's saying there. But if two teams are tired, why are we still losing? <laughs> we're the we're the we're the ones that lose out out those two teams, despite both teams being tired. I mean, Wolves have had a crazy amount of games across the entirety of the season. They've but they've been playing more games than we have over the over the last twelve months with their Europa League adventure as well. And I genuinely didn't get up off my seat once through the game. And as a football fan, you want to see some excitement. You want to think your team might score a goal, but honestly. I was rooted to, to my chair, Greg. Not not once did I think we were going to score a goal. And it's not the first time, is it, since, since Project Restart? No, not at all. And you know, look, I do feel for the for the for the supporters that are uh, that can't get to Villa Park, they can't cheer on their team and get behind them. Um, you know, it, it is football in its most hollow form at the moment. But I can assure you, being at the game is no better either. Um, you know, it's it's the, if we are watching the same game, the same. Um, disappointing displays from Villa, and yeah, that 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 was probably my biggest takeaway from the game. It was just that there was literally no excitement in it whatsoever. There was never a period of sustained pressure from Villa where I thought they're going to get a goal here. Uh, there was never really a clear cut standout chance that I could that I, that I can look back out and think, yeah, okay, they've, they've they've come very close there. To be fair, Wolves didn't really have any either, but you just always felt that if Wolves needed to go up a gear, that they could. Um, and you always felt that Wolves just had had Villa's 
attacking players at back. It just seemed that is reminiscent of of, of the um, Wolves' performances uh, since Project Restart. The fact that they've not looked very entertaining, but have actually managed to get the job done, keep a clean sheet and uh, and continue in, in their good run of form. Villa, on the other hand, just they just don't seem to be showing any positive signs. They don't seem to be getting any better. The only the only difference is that they're just a little bit harder to break down. They're a little bit tougher to beat, but they're still losing. So it's not really a valid argument. To celebrate the return of football, we're offering 40% off a subscription to The Athletic for a limited time only. Go to theathletic.com slash villapod to sign up for less than £3 a month. At The Athletic, we care about every club. So sign up now to enjoy unrivaled coverage and insight as the season reaches its belated conclusion. It's no good being being tough to beat if it says Aston Villa nil Wolves won. At the end of the game, we, we've no doubt improved defensively, but it's come at a massive cost. Again, the only way I ever thought we were going to score today was from a set piece. And I've got to be honest, some of the deliveries from the set pieces today had a lot to be desired for. But the only chances we have seem to bounce off Courtney Hawes' head into the stand. That's, that's literally all, all, all that happens. And it, again, I think four guys running, that's how I felt. Yeah, the set pieces are starting to become very frustrating, actually, because felt that felt that Villa had turned the corner after the restart and that they were starting to look a little bit more inventive. Um, but today, you know, it felt like if there was one step forward, it was another two back today because um, the amount of times that Conor Horahan crossed into the box and just overhit it or just didn't find uh, a Villa player, I lost count of them. And, and there were other players that put balls into the box that were poor as well. Douglas Louise whipped a few in um, that were that were easily cleared. Um, you know, it's credit to Wolves' defence because they're a very solid outfit and, you know, that what what they have built up is, is fantastic and fair play to them. But it's just so disappointing from Villa at the moment. I mean, the one... The one area of their game that they should be trying to nail down is set pieces because they've got a player in Jack Grealish who gets fouled more than any other player in the country, any other player in Premier League history. So logic tells you they're going to win more free kicks than most people, uh, most other teams. So why not just put a little bit more effort and time into it and, and try and just gain some sort of advantage from that? It just it just doesn't seem like they, they just didn't look inventive enough from, from set pieces and that were, that were at the stage where we're picking that out as a major fault just shows how bad the rest of the, the performances and the games are, unfortunately. Well, yeah, because there's no other real attacking enterprise. Is there, with the free, with the set players, the free kicks, Harahan seems to have changed his, his technique, which I'm presuming is what the coaches are asking him to do. Instead of whipping it in how he normally would, and he causes a lot of problems with his set-piece delivery, he seems to be just floating them. Not, not a yeah. lot of power on. Any idea at all as why we're doing that? No, unfortunately, we, we haven't spoken to uh, any Villa players actually since Project Restart, which is, which is quite frustrating as well. So it's, it's, we're just getting Dean Smith's take um, after after every game at the moment. Um, yeah, Horahan, I, I watched his set pieces. They were sort of like driven into the box, you know, in almost a, a lot of them just a little bit too long as well. There was one decent delivery in the second half which uh, which caused some problems but nothing really in the first and, and I thought Horahan had a not a great game to be honest um, didn't think he did much um, not singling him out because there were other under performances as well I thought Alisa Mata has really struggled since Project Restart um, <clears throat> struggling to see what he's offering to be honest for, for Villa at the moment I thought that before the break he looked like he was going to cause problems he looked very good in the air 
Um, yeah, and, and was getting in behind, making clever runs. And, and okay, he hasn't had much service to work off, but just can't really see what he's what he's bringing to the team at the moment. Obviously, Dean Smith won't be too up front today. It's something that's, that the supporters have been calling for for some time. Um, but it just made no difference. I mean, you know, if, if ever there was a game to say, well, that's the reason why I haven't been playing too up front, then I think that was it. You know, it was nothing to do with the opposition. Um, I know some supporters were messaging me saying, well, we would have liked to have seen um, Smith play two up front against Sheffield United or against Newcastle. Well, Smith was asked after the game why he played two up front and he felt that the two of them, uh, Davis and Samata, could cause Wolves back three a few more problems. It was the fact that Wolves were playing a back three. That was the only reason that Smith went two up front. But to be honest, it just didn't. It just didn't really work, did it? No, nah, we we won't see it again. I don't think. And to be honest, we could play any formation at the moment, and we, we're simply not not going to score enough goals because it don't matter what formation you play if you're not making chances, you ain't going to sit the ball in the back of the net, and consequently, we we aren't going to stay up. What what can he change now to, to make it make a score more goals, Greg? Because two since the, since the race start, two in four games, both off offset set pieces from from defenders, it's pretty poor. Yeah, and like you know, I, I'm looking at everything now, thinking, well, if I was in charge, what would I what would I do? And that, the, the this is what I'm saying. The options now are just so limited. There's, you, I mean, he's tried pretty much everything. He's tried Samata up there on his own. He's tried Davies up there on his own. He's tried the two of them. He's tried no wingers. He's played. He's tried Grealish out wide. He's tried Grealish in the middle. He's tried John McGinn in there. He's tried John McGinn not in there. He's literally tried everything that he's got available to him. You know, within reason. Maybe what what Yotta's got to do to to get a chance, I don't know. Um, maybe okay, his his performances haven't been great this season, but he's only started four games. Um, so sorry, started five games, and you know, I, I just can't think how many more times are they going to go with Trezeguet, who literally does nothing every game. Surely Yotta would would just give him something a bit different. Okay, he's not gonna. He's not quite as um, as mobile as him. He's not quite as quick and direct when he's got the ball, uh, and probably wouldn't do as much defensively. But I just think if you actually got the ball to him, he might do something different. Um, I just think we're at the stage now where we're, you know really clearly running out of ideas. Um, I don't see where the wins are coming from. Still think that five or six points might be enough, but I just don't know how Villa are going to get them at the moment, especially going into two really tough games against Liverpool and, and Man United next. Yeah, you t- you're talking about the, the lack of options and that, that is a valid point. We've spoke about it in the in the last few podcasts, but the lack of urgency when you lose in a game, like, okay, Hotter might not give you what, you what you need defensively, but get him on a pitch because you, you need a goal and Trezeguet may be mobile, but he can barely carry the football with him most of the time. So, like, we're losing games. We're losing that game 1-0 today. And it's so pedestrian still. Everything's so slow. There's just a complete lack of urgency, a complete lack of pace in, in the play. Admittedly, we've got no pace throughout the squad anyway. But do you, do you know what I mean? There's nothing happening when you're losing a game 1-0. It's weird. Yeah, it's, it's strange. I thought when McGinn came on, I thought he gave Villa a little bit more life. I thought he played for the first 10 minutes of, of his introduction. I thought he looked decent, um, just faded out the game a little bit. But it's it's back to the same old point that, that we've been making for the last couple of games. If Villa's best players aren't performing, and again, Jack Grealish wasn't at his best, John McGinn wasn't at his best, um, 
then then where do Villa turn? Because the players around them aren't quite as good, aren't quite good enough. That team is relying on the best players to perform, and, and they're still not doing it, unfortunately. Um, in in an attacking sense, if you if, if the one positive that that Dean Smith continues to push and continues to say is that they look stronger defensively. Yes, I'd agree. They're not they're not facing as many shots uh, as they were before the break. I think Louise in that deep lying midfield role has come on leaps and bounds. I think that he looks a, a good solid player now. Um, one interesting point that I took from the game though was that towards the latter stages of the game when after Villa went 1-0 ahead, <clears throat> Tyro Mings was having to relentlessly shout to Louise to 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 watch Adama Traore. Now He's, he, Louise's head seemed to be dropping a little bit, almost in frustration. It felt like he wanted to get forward and try and create things and try and reduce the deficit and um, you know try and get that equaliser. I don't know for sure whether he's entirely comfortable playing in that position. He certainly looks better, but I just think that with his style, you know, that Brazilian flair that he's got, I think he just wants to get forward more often as well. And I think that's something that the whole team are trying to do. Um, you know, they have to keep reminding him of, of his position. But look, you know, I, I'm singling him out at the moment, but he's one of the he's one of the plus points, isn't he, from from the last four games, let's be honest. Um it's just it's just you know, the others around him. when I saw El Ghazi and Trezeguet come on, I just thought you've got twelve minutes to save the game and you turn into two players who have underperformed since since uh, well pretty much all season to be honest, but um, most notably since the since since the start. And you just think this is what it's come to. Unfortunately, he's, he's throwing mud and hoping something sticks, isn't he? Because he's obviously gone with no wingers today. And then in the last ten minutes, he we need a goal. He throws the two wingers on and just hopes one of them can p- provide something. But it, it never looked likely, and we we never looked like scoring in that game. Or we could still be playing now. Um, and, and we wouldn't have scored. I've got, I got to give some credit to Wolves overall because they're a very good outfit and you think about what they've achieved since they got promoted from, from the Championship. They've been savvy, they've been smart, everything they've done has c- come off and they've made good, sensible footballing decisions. We've come up and I don't really think we've done that, Greg. We haven't got a plan. We haven't got a plan, have we? They, they, they've got a plan. You can see what they're trying to do. I don't know what Villa are on the pitch at the moment. I'm not sure what we're trying to achieve. No, look, it's it's survival mode at the moment. I think Dan for for Villa that they've they got to the stage when this this break sort of when this break came and they just thought, look, we've got to do everything possible to to survive. Um, it wasn't the plan at the start of the season. Remember Christian Perslow's comments saying at the start of this season that that Villa would be a team that wouldn't be making up the numbers, that they'd be going into games trying to win them, um, and they'd be fully equipped with a Dean Smith style side. Now, if you look at it now, it's nothing like that. Let's be honest, it's it's a it's a million miles away from that. It, it's survival mode. Um, and I'm going to go back to the the same old thing that I've been pushing for the last couple of games. It, it, this isn't ideal, but Villa could still finish as the best of a really bad bunch and survive this season. And then you look at it and you think, well, they've survived. That's really all Villa needed to do this season anyway. Okay, it's been a really disappointing and depressing season. And to be honest, if you were to ask me now, would Villa survive? I'd say no. I just I can't see how they're going to. But when it's still so close... It's um, you know they've still got a chance, but you're right. You know the, the the plan and the identity that that appeared to be forming at the start of the season um, has slowly faded away, unfortunately. And whether Dean Smith or whether this group of players can ever get that back remains to be seen. 
I know obviously there's six six games left. I don't I don't see any managers really get getting the sack at this stage of, of of the season. Although albeit Middlesbrough obviously did it earlier on in the week, but is is Smith in trouble to your knowledge? Is it, or is are they going to keep faith with him to the end of the season? Yeah, it's my understanding that that, that they'll stick with him until the end of the season. Um, the fact that he had three months during the uh, during lockdown to to work on this team and 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 get a real plan together, he he still claims that he's got a plan for every single game. Um, the fact that he's done so much hard work and put in so much time and effort during those three months to to really give Villa a fighting chance of survival is one of the reasons why they won't just rip it up in the space of, what, 10, 11 days? Um, okay, four games have passed, four really big games, but um, yeah, v- Villa are not interested in just getting this firefighter figure in or, or replacing him now. They're going to, they want Smith to see out the season. If they would have wanted to make a change, they would have done it during that period. Um, so they didn't, they stuck with him uh, and they hope that he can get, get the job done. But certainly running out of time, isn't it? And it looks very, very bleak at the moment. As always, this episode of 1874 is, is sponsored by Harry's and we're grateful for, for their sponsorship as usual. I still haven't used their kit, but do you know what, Greg? If Villa win a game, I'm going to use my Harry's kit and shave, shave my beard off. <laughs> that's, that's what that's what that's what I'm going to do. So it could be that I never use this Harry set at all, and that's how it's feeling at the moment. But if we do win a game, I'm going to use my Harry set, and I'm going to I'm going to feed back up on what it's like. And remember, as a listener, you can start shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for three pounds ninety five. It supports our podcast, and you can get your set delivered to you, including a razor handle, five blade cartridge foaming shave gel and a travel blade cover all you got to do is go to harrys.com slash 1874 and that'll sort your trial set out i love dean smith and i want him to succeed i back him but then you're talking about these plans for individual games i'm i'm, I'm not liking the plans because i don't think we're gonna i don't i keep saying it i don't think think we're gonna score the these these plans aren't working because the, the football has come back we've had 50 percent of our home games as well and we haven't we haven't won yeah, look, it's a it's a real problem. It's a real struggle. Villa are in a, a, a massive dogfight at the moment. Um, the problem before the break was that they couldn't defend and that they were scoring goals. Now they seem to be able to defend a little bit better. They can't score goals. So the balance just isn't there. The balance hasn't been there all season, which just shows that the team aren't good enough. You know, they didn't recruit well enough. Uh, they didn't buy enough quality players. Um, instead, Went for quantity over quality, but we all know that they needed to buy a lot of players over the um, over the summer. But I mean, looking back now, what you know, there's a, there's a debate: should they have maybe kept on some of them, some of the experienced players from last season? Should they have kept them on for a year um, and not paid out any transfer fee and, and used some of the money that they spent on other players to to, to maybe buy, go and buy a better quality player instead of instead of bringing 10, 11, 12 players through the door? Should they have just gone and got six, seven, or eight, um, and then maybe kept on, kept on some of the older players from last season? You know, the likes of maybe Alan Hutton, Glenn Whelan, Mila Yedinak, Albert Odoma. Those are the guys that, that left. Could could they have done a job as a squad player this year and 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 fitted in and filled in when um, one of the real quality players that they would have gone and spent that money on then got injured or suspended? I don't know. I, I think that. I've said this in previous podcasts, I feel sorry a little bit for the recruitment team in the summer. They had a big job to do, only a limited amount of cash. But at the same time, the signings just weren't good enough. They needed to pick out better players because clearly Villa are 19 for a reason. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think some of those players that you've just mentioned would have been much worse than what's coming. And then, like you say, instead of getting Trezor guy, you can go and get Ben Rama because you've got you've got that extra money. And you, Smith then consequently gets a player that he wants. I thought, interestingly, last month when we spoke to Yedinak on, on 1874, I kind of got the the vibe and the feeling from him that he thought that was the route Villa, Villa should have gone. That he he was disappointed he didn't get another year himself. To, he'd helped get Villa up, like give give him a year to form part of the squad, and then he'd have, he'd have moved on happy. And I think looking back now, we, we've made mistakes. Maybe like you say, seven or eight better quality players rather than just getting twelve and hoping for the best. It looks a flawed strategy now. And some of those players that are, are no longer with us, they would not have been worse than what I've seen from some of the players we brought in in the summer. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, sometimes you do just have to trust the manager and think, well, if you look at the players now, I mean, Glenn Whelan's playing in the League One team for Fleetwood. Mille Ednak and Alan Hutton have both retired. Um, Albert Adoma hasn't really done much for Cardiff. Um, any others, Dan? Refresh my mind. I can't think of the others that left. Tommy Alphick's injured, isn't he? Bray, Bray on loan at, at, um, at Luton. Um, none of the players really that left have, have pulled up any trees. So... It's not like you can, you can honestly say, well, we really should have kept that guy or really should have kept that guy. You just got to think that maybe, you know, they might have worked as squad players. I just don't know. Look, there's, 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 there's so many ways and, and you can look at, so many things you can look at and say, this has gone right and this has gone wrong. Um, Villa are still in it. Of course, they're still in it. But it's, it's, it, as I said, it's just, just starting to look really bleak, isn't it? If someone else you interviewed a few weeks ago, a bit younger than the players you mentioned, Bjarnason, I genuinely don't think he's any worse of a player than than, than Nakamba. So I think now I genuinely think there's a, there's an argument for that, but it is what it is. There's no point me keep going on on about it. I'm sure people are sick, sick of hearing me saying the, saying the same things, but it does feel like Groundhog Day at the moment. Every time you watch Villa, we're coming on and talking about the same things because we're seeing the same things and it, it's really, really frustrating. Yeah, and, and it's not going to get any easier next week, is it, against Liverpool? Look, no. OK, Liverpool are the champions and, you know, they they might have some sort of hangover uh, from, from their party in this week, but they're still an incredible, incredibly good side and only one team's beaten this season. So the challenge is there for Villa to go and try and beat them. And if they do, then it'll be a much more uplifting podcast next week. Well, the good news is, Greg, we haven't got a midweek game, so we've got a, we've got a week to, to, to collect our thoughts. We don't have to depress ourselves after the uh, after after the game for, for another week. Oh, I'm worried about playing Liverpool. Obviously, I think actually now they've won the league, they'll just play with it. I mean, they play with pretty much a load of freedom anyway. But do, do you know what I mean? They can just they can just relax yeah. and, and and play their football. The, the job's done, and I'm I'm worried for us because I think we can guess what kind of setup. We'll see from Villa, but appreciate you coming on and chatting to me after the game. Again, it's great to get your thoughts because you you were physically there, but it's also quite reassuring for me and I'm sure the listeners as well that we're not actually missing much by not being there in, in the current circumstances. So, so cheers, Greg. Mm-hmm. 